Hey, dear listener, do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about Canadian politics and history? Boy, do we have a special fucking treat for you. We've got our first ever official live show at a bar. It's at Two Crows Brewing on uh, Brunswick Street in Halifax on Sunday, May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it no matter how much it is. If you want to hold our hair while we barf in the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome no, to no, the... No, no, we got to do a spooky one. Th- on. That was a spooky that one. I was, good. I was starting to be spooky and then you interrupted that me. That didn't sound spooky Hello and welcome Ooh. to the Halloween episode Ooh. of Canadian Politics is Boring. <laughs> My anus fell off. That's the sound of anuses falling off. This uh, is Reese and Jesse. We are in the, the we're on the fancy mics in the small studio. How, how, how do you feel about this, Jesse? I feel cramped. I yeah, feel sweaty and hot, and my mouth is full of chocolate. Think about the listener. Your mouth is full of food, and you're chewing into a very sensitive microphone. Hey, I know that the majority of our reviews are talking about how I should no longer do uh, eating ASMR, but I'm positive there's at least one of our audience members out there who greatly appreciates the effort I put into this. So you're welcome, whoever you are. I don't I don't think... I, I don't believe Anyway, do you, want to, do you want to get on with a nice Halloween story and scare the Ooh, yeah. scare the shit out of people? Can I turn off the lights? If you want to, there, there we, we go. go. Oh yeah, that's like I a, can't even see you now. All I can see is the light from my laptop. Hold like, on, I can see because it's just light from your laptop. So it's just like, light from. What my if laptop. I did like this? Well, Jesse, Jesse has uh, lit his face from below. Whoa. Use it in the screen. <laughs> can you just turn the light on? Yeah, I guess that's just not. As it fun. It's not really working for me. I just want to get scared. I want to get a good scare. <laughs> 
Right. Turn the light on. There right. we go. Hey, do you know what? I was gonna I was gonna do an episode about a serial killer for Halloween. Uh, all I can hear is rustling. Sorry? All I can hear is rustling. <laughs> These are really good mics. I'm opening up a, a coffee crisp. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. The secret to recording podcasts on not having the sound of food is not to eat. <laughs> when you record, you just turn the light off of your back. This is a, a small room. Um, <laughs> so uh, now that everyone's captured in the moment and we've set a real tone of spookiness, um, I'm going to tell you, I was going to do a story about a serial killer and then I realized that everybody knew this story and it was just new to me because I'm new to Canada. So I changed it. Hold on, what, what serial killer does every Canadian know? The man who murdered people and fed them to pigs. And then mix the human meat with the pigs. I can't remember his name. I don't. I don't think I know that one. Yeah, everyone I mentioned it to um, was like they're like, "Oh, Bob from down the street." Yeah, Rob. Oh, Robert Picton. That's his name, Robert Picton. Oh wow, I got it right with Bob, yeah, a, a Canadian serial killer and former pig farmer, um, suspected of being one of those prolific killers in Canadian history. And it's a fascinating story. And there's questionable about whether he mixed human meat with. Yeah, with pork when he sold it onto and people at humans by accident without knowing. Um, but again, it was a fascinating story, but I was like, oh, everyone knows it. I want to tell a story that people don't know. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know that one. Oh, well, I do and everybody else does. But <laughs> I'm, I'm once again in the dark. Okay. It <laughs> doesn't surprise that me. Doesn't, yeah, no. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so uh, have you ever heard of the Nahani National Park? No. So where is that? I mentioned this to you before. Remember I talked to you about a little story called the Valley of the Headless Men? Mm-hmm. You just got a mouthful of food. <laughs> so I suppose it makes sense because... I tried to be quiet this Halloween time. Just don't eat. Just eat before you record. And then nobody else has to go through this. So, so anyway, in the Northwest Territories... I like I leaned back and everything. I was like I was trying to unwrap the wrapper super it's quiet. It's too sensitive. This studio has got great mics and it's small. Nothing in in, in, the, in this small studio, no one can escape the sound of recording or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> That's a terrible horror, <laughs> horror slogan. Do in space, no, no one, one can, can escape the sound of recording or whatever. Uh, there used to be a, a t-shirt store that uh, had. Uh, Misreads of um, like famous slogans and catchphrases. Oh, yes, I've seen those. And They're then so my favorite really one funny. was it was the the alien poster, and it said, "In space, no one can hear you scream in space." <laughs> <laughs> and then, they had one with Arnie on, like the Terminator, and it said, "I will return." <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Anyway. So, the uh, Nahani National uh, Park is 500 kilometers west of Yellowknife, and uh, it's 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 basically full of these amazing uh, th- th- 1,000 meter deep canyons. Jesus, um, it's got. It's, 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 it was recognized by UNESCO in 1978. This is way up north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just kind of west of Yellowknife, mm. um, and it's it's a sacred place. Uh, so um, it, it's kind of uh, a lot of it is closed off to the general public now, um, but it's an amazing wildlife reserve. Uh, it has this 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 waterfall called Virginia Falls, which is ninety meters tall, which is twice the height of Niagara Falls. Holy shit! And at the center is this dramatic spire of rock that stands out what? in the middle of this waterfall. What? It looks amazing. So it's got these amazing hot springs that are heated geothermically below, and and some of these pools are the size of bathtubs, so you can actually get in them. Others are really small. Um, 
And what are the size of bathtubs? Hot tub. Um, hot. <laughs> hot springs. I'm going. Hot springs. <laughs> they got natural hot tubs. Hot springs. I guess that's what it, I guess that would it, be a natural hot tub. Yeah. And I've uh, been in a hot. Have you ever been in a hot spring? They're really neat. No, I haven't. No. It's no. really. I was in Nature's hot tub in Alberta. Yeah. Essentially, I mean, like, okay, there was one of the more popular ones in Alberta, and I went to it with a couple of friends of mine on like a road trip where we're going to BC. And we stopped there and we had swim drunks because we knew we were going to go in. And it was like turned public. So it looked like an outdoor yeah. pool that you yeah. could sit in. But all the water was from the hot spring, right? It wasn't like artificially heated or anything like that. And you'd go in and it was just kind of like room temperature. It wasn't, so it wasn't, it wasn't like, it was more like a, um, a tepid spring. Yeah, we were all kind of convincing ourselves, like, oh, yay, hot spring. It was, it was a tepid it spring. It was a lukewarm was spring. <laughs> <laughs> so it Although a, it was, like, I think it was, like, fall, late fall or early spring. So it was, like, chilly out. I'm like, okay, that's neat, I guess. Why are we half naked in the wilderness again? It wasn't the wilderness, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it was downtown, Could have been downtown Calgary. Downtown wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. Why are we naked in downtown Calgary? <laughs> it's the stampede. Everyone is. Every Saturday. Um, yeah. So the, um, the, the, the these these kind of pools took 10,000 years to, to form and probably been oh, there wow. since the Ice Age. Let's go. So there are like 42. Let's add this to our road trip list. It's amazing. So there are 42 mammals, 180 birds. 60s. Oh, wait, no, no. I retract that. I don't want to go. I know what's coming. Yeah. 60. <laughs> Don't the valley of the headless men. <laughs> yeah. 16 fish and amphibious species. And uh, human occupation in the area is estimated to have occurred 9,000 to 10,000 years ago. And there's evidence of prehistoric, prehistoric human use in the area. Um, and and uh, the, the thing about this is that it's obviously spectacular. It's remote. It's beautiful. Uh, and the, um, the name Nahani is from the language of the Dene people, uh, who are the indigenous people of that region. And it means... Uh, the people over there is the name of Dahani. Why <laughs> oh, is that so funny? That's fucking hilarious. Are you kidding me? The people me? over there. The people over there. Like, come on. What's wrong with the people over there? Because it's kind of like, can you not have thought up a little bit more of a creative name? Do you want to explain? There's actually, this is ties into oh, God, the story. Oh, God, going to make me feel bad. This you, is like, you should, it's, no, so. It's just like a hilarious description. Like, no, no, so the name of the people over there. It's not, it's not, it's not like the, the people of the colorful hills or like, you know, the, the hardened the hardened people of the deep valley. It's just the people over there. Well, do, do you know what I find interesting is the a lot of the indigenous like names for things describe the area. And yeah. you get that in a lot of cultures. So in Welsh as well, place names tend to be the church by the river or the bridge that is made of stone. And it's very descriptive. And a lot of the time it's because there were no signs. So places right. would be named. You would see a place and you go, oh, that is that place because look, there's a church by a river or, you know, whatever. So I think I think a lot of it is based on that. That's how they name things. But the, the reference, the people over there is, and this is part of the mystery. So uh, the Dene said that there was once this uh, this mountain dwelling tribe of people that would would come down from the mountains, raid and attack and kill and pillage and then vanish again. This um, is the people over there. The people over there. That did these things. They, and then one day they just... And vote. they couldn't come up with a better name for them than the people over there. I mean, like... Because they were the people over there. And then well, that's the thing. One day they just vanished and were never seen again. They would come down from the mountains, attack, and then they, then they just vanished again and became folklore. That's terrifying. The people over there is actually quite a creepy name. It's, I mean, if I was thinking like if that could be the title of a horror film. The that, people over there is the a people good name. over there. It's not actually like a bad so, okay. yes. I'm looking up. I got to see this. I just going on Google Maps. Where? Wh what's the name of this? If I could find a physical location, what am I typing in here? Um, 
type in uh, the Valley of the Headless Men. I don't think that's going to be on uh, Google. Nahanni National Park. N a h a n n i h n a h. Oh, there it is. Nahanni National Park. National Park. Okay, so why are you looking at the? I just want to. I just want to see where it is. Yeah, I'm curious. Oh, it's. Oh. Oh, it's oh wow! It's really up there. Okay. It is so it's like remote. A, it's it's incredible. Yeah, it's quite up. But, a, but yeah. and, and a lot of them, and I want to want to state this now. A lot of, you know, the kind of hey, where you know, white people arrived in the Europeans arrived in like the 18th century. Like for, so, I was like holding back laughter. It's just the way he said it, man. White people arrived. <laughs> no, you're just like, hey, the, the white people arrived. <laughs> I'm really sorry, but the white people arrived. <laughs> In the 18th century, um, in the form of in the form of uh, explorers and fur traders, uh, and at the time the Denny were living like nomadic lifestyles. But and a lot of the a lot of the the mythology and the folklore around this comes from, I think it's like people you know people look at um, religions that are different and it's very easy for them to imagine like things are magical and spooky because they don't understand it. I think a lot of the mythos around this is hmm. because of Europeans coming in and and the kind of all this cool folklore that exists is kind of built up on it's built layers and layers and layers of stuff. So I think the so so what happened was uh, the Dene uh, changed. How do you spell it? Uh, D E N E. Oh, so when so when they when eventually it might actually be how it's pronounced. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I got it right this time. But this is so, so in the nineteenth century it. they started to to stop being nomadic in the area and settle down because the Europeans were kind of settling in Canada was becoming Canada and they're like we live in houses we don't live nomadic lifestyle so they were forced into when it. was this nineteenth century. Okay. So there's this really cool story. So apparently they. They would travel when they were still living their traditional lifestyles. They, the, the families that lived further up in the remote areas would travel mm. down the river in boats made out of moose skin. What? Uh, and then they were up to 20 meters long and constructed uh, by out of six to ten untanned moose hides sewn together and stretched over the a spruce a spruce hole frame. Holy shit. They would transport entire families, their dogs, cargo, and furs uh, down the river during high water. They would essentially then dismantle... The moose a moose canoe, but they would then they would then dismantle the boat, sell the hides. That's going to be the name of my new band. The moose canoe. Moose, moose skin canoe. That sounds old. <laughs> <laughs> so then they would so then they would trade everything, all the hides the boat was made out of, and then they'd all walk back. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah, that's what they do. Every I suppose year. they couldn't really like paddle back upriver, right? Because they'd just be against the stream, against the current, assuming there was a current. So yeah. Oh wow, such a cool. But that's that's so like, so fucking, be, so you have like your kids the, and your dog with you and everything. Can you imagine? We're going, okay, kids, get the car. We're going to the market, and you go to the market, and the first thing you do is sell the car. Exactly. <laughs> Just take the tires off. <laughs> this lovely man just bought a wheels. So, so then, um, so so the, the people in this area obviously got like huge history. They knew the land really well, and the within the national park there's this two hundred mile gorge called the Valley of the Headless Men, and this is where our story gets spooky. Jesus. Okay, so this is where. Okay, so I've got. I'm trying to picture. There's like a settlement, and then further up is like more nomadic settlers, and is it where? Where is this the valley? <clears throat> I'm trying to have a, like a picture in my head. So but on the, Google Maps, this really... it's just this giant, <laughs> like huge thing of tundra. <laughs> <laughs> well, just just really really epic mountains, really strong like geographic features, pointy rocks, okay. hot springs mixed with. Would you say it's between the settlement and the nomads? Uh, just to make it. I, 
between the settlement and the nomads. Yeah. You know, it was people... a national park now. It was mainly just wilderness. Oh, well, no, I meant back in the day. It would have been wilderness then because everyone was somewhere. <laughs> so it would have been more wilderness. Small, small <laughs> more, more wilderness. But also, so so the, there's this area that, they, that was supposed to be cursed um, in the valley and a lot of the Dene used to avoid that area. They said it was sinister and there was just something foreboding about it and it, it tied back to those... Um, to those tales of the the people coming down from the mountains and raiding. Um, they just avoided it. They were like, well, why would you go there? Because we've got this folklore about all these right. terrible things that used to Which happen. Which, I guess, happened. Like Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> so um, what you find is, and also the landscape was quite dangerous, but um, that all changed when uh, a, a thing called the Klondike Gold Rush happened and people were going to the region looking to find gold. I didn't. I didn't actually realize that happened in Canada as well. Every every example I've ever seen of the Klondike Gold Rush takes place in the States. Yeah, but they came up through the Inside Passage in Alaska, and they'd sail up, and then they would cross. They would oh, was the up. gold like, was that, did it take place in Alaska mainly? No, 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 that, no. Alaska was the <clears throat> quickest way to, to get to the Klondike by sea, and then they would hike up this really dangerous um Hold on, is the Klondike range. in Canada? Yeah, it's, I'm it's really not. So, it's like it's just, I'm really so quite would, poor at geography. They would access Canada through the Inside Passage in Alaska. I've been there. I've ridden the train from so one Americans of the would come to Canada to to people take from our, all around the world would come to Canada to take our gold. And we like, was there no opposition to this from like the government? Or it, was, the, it was crazy times. People, I suppose, yeah. people didn't care. There were no, there's no such thing as zoning. Um, you know, well, no, they would still protect their territory yeah. back then. That's but I've I've been I've years. been to that part of the Inside Passage That's and crossed cool. over the border into Yukon, which was the old trail. And there's some amazing museums and relics and old like, cool. bridges and stuff. It's fascinating. But oh, um, I, I edited a video about the Yukon once now, and it, it was all about like gold yeah. and panning, panhandling, panhandling, handling, panhandling for gold. Is that what pan, it is? Yeah, yeah, panning for gold, panning, yeah. not panhandling. <laughs> so <laughs> please give me some gold. <laughs> Do you have so, any spare gold? Anyone got any gold? So, so to this, so to this area, um, this kind of forbidden, spooky area, hmm. um, you then had Western people or Europeans uh, stumbling into this forbidden, uh, dangerous landscape, uh, oh, looking for gold. Looking for gold, and this was not the is the eighteen hundreds or this was the eighteen hundreds into the early 19, uh, early twentieth century. Okay. Um, so in the spring of this is fucking cool. This is really cool. <laughs> so in the spring of 1905, um, I swear to God, I have never enjoyed history, and I, you know, how much I hate <laughs> politics, and I have never learned so much about any country's history, especially my own, until I met you, well, and including like, I sp like I now know things about politics thanks to you. Like it's kind of it's kind of fucking crazy. Anyway, please continue with this fascinating history lesson. Of which I would have never, ever, ever learned if it weren't for you trying to, I don't know why we do this. But anyway, please continue. Well, our, first, <laughs> our first decapitation story starts with um, Willie. Wait, can you uh, say that in like a, a children's narrator voice? Our first, and so children, our first decapitation starts in the kitchen. No, um, so, so <laughs> Willie and Frank McLeod were... Um, You're not making that up? Willie and Frank McLeod. No. Willie and Frank. McLeod. <laughs> um, teamed up with a young Scottish engineer to uh, to go and find gold in, in the area. Um, and they, they, so these were brothers. These were brothers, and they were teaming up, and they'd heard that they'd found some gold in uh, near the area, and they wanted to do an expedition up there. Um, and they were never seen alive again. What's that coming down the driveway, Reese? 
It's me with a fresh delivery from the ad man. Come oh my smell gosh. it. I will come smell it. I love how your ads smell. Oh golly, it's oh, fresh. We gotta stuff it in my face. Ah, oh, fresh. Oh, ads. Smack me in the face with it. Oh yeah, just the way I like it. Ads. So three years later, after a prolonged search, their brother Charlie, who uh, found the skeletons of Frank and Willie decapitated uh, on the river in Dead Man's Valley, which is another part of... Hold on, did he find their decapitated heads? He found their decapitated skeletons. How did he know it was them? I guess maybe they had, like, they still had their clothes on. Maybe they had, um, maybe they had friendship bracelets. With <laughs> <laughs> his names on Frank and Willie. <laughs> It probably, probably had this stuff, I guess. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. that makes sense. So now, now there's this legend of the the, well, lost the heads weren't there. No, they were decapitated. But they were decapitated. But were the heads removed? No, I, I like taken. I couldn't, I couldn't find the information actually. But oh. maybe maybe wolves <laughs> took them. I don't know. But, and then so they started the thing, the, the, this legend of the lost McLeod mine. So the idea that maybe they found gold and this is amazing mine full of, um, uh, full of gold that they were killed over. Um, so and and also, and this is so the area they were killed in was Dead Man Dead Man Valley or Dead Men Valley. There's also Headless Creek, Headless Range, and the Funeral Range are Jesus. all the place names. So it's quite ominously named. Yeah, no shit. Um, so because, this is fascinating. So there was this gold rush, and they were like, "Hey, so this isn't like a, a myth. This well, they, they, this they, they, there's myths, but there's also some stuff that happened." <laughs> Two. I mean, those are called facts. Some so facts, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stuff that happened this via. So, uh, <laughs> oh my God, man! Like, if there are any history teachers out there, can you change the name of your class to stuff, stuff that happened? Stuff that happened. <laughs> like, no, it should be called stuff we think happened. Stuff we think. Yeah, yeah. Stuff right. that arguably happened. <laughs> um. So there was this, an, is, this is fascinating. So there were a bunch of other people. So the sourdough jacks. Stats. His name was Sourdough Jack Stania. Um, it was one of the Gee, best. His names are fantastic. And and he he um, he he kept looking for them as well. He made a few trips up the river and by plane later later in the century. Um. So uh, he knew the area where they were found uh, in 1935 with the aid of um, a map. Um, he went up to, to 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 try and find the the gold mines that they thought they'd found, and they did find a rusty pan and a shovel. Uh, and and some tools that had been left behind, so they were murdered. So they finally traced roughly where they were digging and camped out, and they didn't really find any gold. Then uh, um, Martin Jorgsen, uh, a prospector from Yukon, uh, also died in 1917. Um, he apparently found some gold and sent a message uh, that he'd struck it rich. Um, and when when his, when uh, his friends came over to find him, they found his cabin burned to the ground, and he was shot from a distance. <laughs> uh huh. Um, I'm sure they found him that way, and they found a headless skeleton. Yeah. So like, okay, I have a so another decap have a another well, decapitated corpse. I have a twist on this story that I think might have happened. Okay. <clears throat> what if uh, Jorgensen? Jurgen. Jurgen. Is yeah. that his name? Jorgensen. What if Jurgen didn't have really great friends? Well, okay. I, what if his friends weren't really well, if the? You, if you're in the middle of nowhere, say, say me and you were in the middle of nowhere, yeah. and there was we found a big lump of gold, and I was like, if I kill Jesse, this gold will all be mine, and no one will know. Look where we are. Exactly, that's where I'm going with this. So he he sent a message to his quote unquote friends. But when his friends, his friends up. showed up, 
oh, decapitated no. him and burned his house to the ground and then took the gold, came back and said, we found him this way. We found him, yeah. I mean, maybe. Well, and then also the, uh, they, never Dickheads. Fo- they never found a little girl called Ali Lafert who was on a hunting party in 1926 and she just vanished into the bush, was never seen again. Was that a French word? French name? Ali Lafertie. Um, Then there was a mystery surrounding the Yukon Fisher, an outlaw wanted by the RCMP. Fisher's bones were found in 1927, right next to where the original brothers, the McLeod brothers, were found um, uh, shortly before. Um, Then Angus Hall, a prospector who went to stick a claim in Flat River in 1928, which is part of the valley, um, he, he, the party he was with was slow, so he pushed ahead alone and was never seen again. Jesus. Uh, I was, mean, this is where you go if you want to murder someone, people. Just, yeah, yeah, just, just letting you know. Exactly. Like, so there's so many so many people have had grisly fates here. And right. not, not, but you think, it's remote. Not many people have gone there. I don't know how many, what percentage of people die, but it seems like most people who go there die. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so like, is so, it supernatural? Is it just like, do people just like, well, I don't know, man. Like, So then there was also Phil Powers in 1931. Again, f- another great name. They found his charred bones. You uh, can't go there in, if you have an awesome his, name. I know. If you have a shitty name, go ahead. Uh, and the, the RCMP think that it was, they blamed a faulty stove in his cabin, but apparently he was, he was very, um, he knew what he they was doing. They blamed a faulty stove for his decapitation. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but some people claim that um, what they believe happened was that someone standing outside the outside the cabin had shot him and then burnt the cabin down with him inside, which seems to be another recurring thing. Right. More people delivered visit, um, more people disappeared on the river in like 1936 as well, um, and people spent ser- years searching for them, which is Bill and Joe Mulholland, Bill Appiah and Joe Mulholland disappeared. Um, what was Bill's last name? Uh, Appiah. And oh, Joe Mulholland. Epier? Epier. E-P-I-E-R? Yeah. Oh, you got that one right. Oh, thank That's you. That's well done. That's French. Oh, thank you. Bravo. Thank you very much. Oh, wow. Can we? Can we? Can we? <laughs> All right, never mind. Yeah. You're doing well for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, um, and, and again, the, the cabin was burned to the ground, um, 100 miles above Jesus. the Falls. All right. Um, so then, and then this other person in 19, this is 1946 now. We, we're not, we're not even halfway through the through the 20th century, and all these people have died and vanished or been burned burned alive. Right. Um, 1946, Hal Hendrickson, a miner from... Hold B- on, there's... Okay. B- this just keeps going then. Yeah, like, uh, uh, from a miner from BC, put a classified ad in, Van- in a Vancouver paper asking for volunteers to accompany him to Headless <coughs> Valley to look for gold. He had 154 letters within a week, and 500 people begged to go with him. Um, 500 people out of 154 letters? Yeah, yeah. So like me and my... I guess some people would turn up at his house going, I'll come. Um, okay. And then... This and is it, neat. Uh, when did this happen? Uh, this was 1946. 1946. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So... Okay. So... Oh, sorry. So I, I think I, he was, was more was, selected. I think, I think there was some random... Like, I think there, there were women and children saying, we'll come with you. Right. What was his name again? Sorry. Um, I'm really bad with names. Frank... Hen- Frank... Sorry. Uh, Hal Hendrickson. That's okay. That's an okay yeah. name. And then, <laughs> and then, a, that's not bad. No. I'm the name judger here. And then, uh, 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 but also, um, so what did Frank? It's Frank Hal, Hal Hendrickson. Jesus. Hal Hendrickson, his name was Frank. No, Hal Hendrickson. Where did I get Frank from? Did I say Frank? 
sorry, I'm, I'm getting, I think I'm getting confused with Frank Henderson, somebody else who who went up there with his with his partner called uh, Jack Patterson. Okay, I want I want to stay on the guy who sent out an ad, got 154 well, letters it, and 500 people. That's out. all I could really find out about it. So it was just the the <sighs> people people were desperate to go and find a fortune in the wilderness, but so they t- wanted to have a group of people go with them yeah, to keep yeah, them yeah. safe. Like, hey, let's go. And so you couldn't find any more on that particular story. No, no, no. That sounded like it was going to be interesting. It was, but then in the same year, uh, so and a mining expert called Frank Henderson went up and agreed to meet. He was going to rendezvous there with somebody called Jack Patterson. Uh, and what oh, happened was a great name. And uh, they his his partner never met never met up, and they never people just go missing there all the time. All these parties were going, "Hey, I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there," and all of this, and they never met up. Um, Did they die, or they just disappear, or? Uh, well, no. They just sometimes they find the bones. Sometimes they never find anything ever again. Jesus, um, you know. And then uh, in 1947, so all, a lot of people go there and they just disappear. Sometimes the skeletons are found. Sometimes they're just never found. Sometimes, they, yeah. And, and, and worrying amount of decapitated heads, uh, well, decapitated bodies are found with no head. Hold on. <laughs> so the decapitation started in the 18th century, the 1800s. The early, the early 20th century. The early 20th century. And but they it, kept in, going in, into the mid-21st century. Yeah. Bearing in mind, in an area called the Valley of the Headless Men. Not 21st century, the 20th century, sorry. It was called the Valley of the Headless Men before the decapitation. So there, there must be some kind of folklore that led to that name. This is insane. This is nuts. So this is the 1940s. People are still being decapitated. No, people are just vanishing. Okay, at um, that point. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So I'm 90... trying to keep track of all this. You're throwing a lot of names at me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know. So Frank Henderson, uh, who went up there, who lost his his uh, partner up there, Patterson, he said that the the whole valley had this kind of sinister, weird feeling to it. Uh, he flew up there with a, with a journalist from the Vancouver Sun in 1947. Yeah, and then in 1962, I'm the, just trying to I'm trying to picture what the obituaries of these people would read like. Yeah, we told him not to go. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then in 1962, the pilot of a light aircraft survived a crash unscathed and built a camp a short distance. Uh, from there and was able to survive in the valley for a while. He started to write down his experience in his diary uh, and watched as like a search aircraft flew over and he tried to get their attention. He was only about six miles away from um, from where he was hoping to fly, so he wasn't far away, but he didn't know where he was. He lost track of his, his uh, location. Oh, my God. He, wa- he waited for 50 days. Holy shit, how did he survive? Um, he didn't. They All all they know is his diary ended abruptly. Um and six months later, they found his plane by chance and his camp and his diary. And to this day, no further trace of him was ever found. Oh, oh my God. They didn't even find the body. No, just his diary. Dear diary. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's fucking, what's his name? That was, I can't find his name, but it was 1962. He Couldn't was, find his name. No, he was a pilot. I want to look him up. Um, and he, people, that was, hold on. That was just giving me chills, man. That's spooky, isn't it? Yeah, like if you, if he, oh my God. Okay, so like he was dedicated to writing in this journal. And yeah. then if suddenly he decided to go off and explore, it was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pick a direction. But he had, a cam- he had supplies and everything. You right. Know, so like, but I'm saying like if he wasn't taken, right, if he decided to go off in a direction, hoping that's the right direction, the why diary- wouldn't he take his diary with him? Yeah. Right? yeah. You know, well, or maybe, some- he a, maybe he was carried a lot. He was like, nah, I'll come back for the diary. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing! So that's amazing. There are lots of the- it, oh. there are lots of theories about what goes on. There. Hold on a second. If if any listener out there 
Um, hi, dear listeners. If any of you knows more about that story, like their name, or just has any more information, could you send us some some info on that? I'd, I'd kind of like to read more. Um, and I, I don't, uh, I, I don't want to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, and then also, um, oh, that gives me chills. <laughs> There's also, so there are lots of theories. There are, some people just say grizzly bears could just eat them. Which is a perfectly yeah, reasonable explanation. Well, not the decapitations. Some people go down, and then other people go down the... Like, decapitations well, is a very specific thing to like, do to a body. Yeah. I mean, I suppose a bear could just go, and just bite your head off in one. They're, how, have you ever seen a bear? Do you I, know how big their mouths are? They're not that big. I suppose. They well, well, well. They, they are pretty big. They're pretty big, actually. They could, they could, do, they could eat a subway sideways. Could they? Yeah. So I'm just trying to picture it. I'm literally staring at your, your forehead, picturing <laughs> if a bear <laughs> could wrap its entire jowls around your face. This is a fun exercise, fun mental exercise for all there those at home. Look at the one next to you, loved one or not, and picture whether or not a bear could swallow their head whole. There we go. That's fun. So... <laughs> So some people uh, think it could be. Oh God! Some my mom think... listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> mom, are you looking? Are you looking across? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't do it. Jim, right now. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, some people uh, blame Bigfoot. Some people blame uh, the this this creature. I think is the Wahilas, um, which is supposedly this giant white wolf. Uh, is that like a? It's like a huge a mythological snow, creature. Yeah, like a snow snow white wolf like cryptid, um, described as being like a wolf but much larger with a heavier build. It's attributed with supernatural powers. Um, so, a, like a, a dire wolf from Game of Thrones. Yeah, some people are saying that. It, it's so dire called, wolves have been proven to exist in the past and have gone exactly extinct. So, so it could be a it could be a, a folklore memory of a real thing, much like the. That would be crazy. Yeah, much like lots of people believe. Uh, lots of cultures have folklore stories around floods like Noah and it's, it's a common thing around the world because right. at some point most people lived on the coast and it got flooded so um, uh, right yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was saying that some people believe that it could be this but I mean you know um, what do they do just run do they just typically run over a bite a head off and run off is that what they do I don't know I mean like a, a head is pretty f filling I'm guessing right like yeah, it's, yeah that's all I need <coughs> so. Just to that start, is weird, start though, the right? day like, with a head smoothie. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, oh my god, man! So I'm sorry, this is way too bad. I'm just like I'm. I'm. I think I'm like one episode away from finishing Squid Game, and it's it's fantastic, but it is graphic, and that just gave me some just a horrible <laughs> imagery. Thank you, thank you for that. But, oh, and, and also, the, some people are like, "Hey, well, you know, is there like um, some kind of supernatural? Um, you know, the, the, the other the people from over there are they like supernatural beings that come down and kill, or is that just you know?" Right. Anyway, but th there is there is actually a really interesting theory about how it, how some of it started. So okay. So 40 miles from uh, the, the Nahani area, a loner named Albert Johnson uh, was basically like a, um, a hermit. He lived in the wilderness on his own. Okay. And he became known as, known as the mad trapper of Rat River. Um, and uh, one, one of the... Did he, say, did he sell man skins? No, no. Well, he, was <laughs> just, he was just a loner and he, was, he, would, he would just trap animals, sell it. You said, you said man trapper. Mad trapper. A mad, the mad trapper. Of uh, I heard man trapper, like he yeah. trapped men. No, no, he trapped and then sold their skins on the market. <laughs> 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 okay. 
So um, he was reported to uh, uh, on December the 31st for tampering with other people's traps and then hanging them from trees. Um, like, this is my territory. Don't put traps in my... This is where I Yeah, trap. exactly. Right. So on December the 26th, uh, Constable Alfred King and Constable Joe Bernard, each uh, who knew, knew the landscape. I know, knew the landscape really well. They trekked 60 miles to his cabin to ask him about the allegations. It's like, I don't know, let's go on a 60-mile trek just to ask him if he knows anything about this. Should we? Jesus Christ. Those, those, that's what they used to do in those days. Uh, so seeing smoke come from the chimney, they knew he was there. He refused to talk to them and pretended they didn't exist. <laughs> so come I walked on, 60 we miles. just walked 60 miles. Come on. Um, How many so, kilometers is that? 60 so miles Eventually, Hold yeah, a second. Hold it, on. Hey Siri, how much is 60 miles in kilometers? Yeah, it's quite a long way. Yeah. So they, uh, they, he ignored them and refused to answer the door of his cabin. And they then turned, they went back to get a, a search warrant. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, fair play. They followed, they didn't just go, I don't know, it's going to take, this is another two, this is nearly a 200 kilometer <laughs> round hike to get a search warrant. Let's just do it now and we'll get the search warrant after. Holy shit. So they returned five days later with two other men. They got back up. <laughs> and he refused to talk and then they decided to enforce the warrant and kick the door in oh, um, wow. okay. and uh, John started shooting at them through the door oh, wow. a firefight broke out I got one of the police officers got wounded so that so then they, they all had to go back they all had to then do another 100 kilometer hike while wounded to, to go and regroup uh, and they eventually cornered Johnson uh, on Eagle River in the northern Yukon um, just to ask him a couple questions yeah, just, do you know anything about this no, oh no no I, I wasn't there on Tuesday sorry <laughs> <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so it, it captured the attention of the fifty men with rifles trained on him. He's like, "Nope, sorry." <laughs> okay, well, thanks for your time. And they turn around and leave. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the hunt became like really well known uh, nationally. There was like a media circus around it, and it captured the imagination of the public. When, what year was this again? Um, this was 1931. Oh, okay. So I suppose this would have gone into 1932, and eventually what happened was they ended up in a 150-mile or 240-kilometer foot chase lasting more than a month, and then there was a final shootout where um, Johnson was fatally wounded. So this whole time, what was it? Johnson was the main, the mad trapper? Yeah, yeah. He had no idea why this was happening to him. He, well, he'd ignored them. I think he knew that he was in trouble, and he thought he'd ignore them. So they had to go on a 200-kilometer hike to get a warrant. Then so, he moved, like, this then was he all moved. about, like, hanging up other people's traps? That's yeah, yeah. what this Just, whole thing was about? Yeah, yeah. And oh. it ended in about a fucking fire, two firefights. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 uh, Whereas, realistically, had they be like, hey, did you, did you do this? And he'd be like, yeah. Can you not? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, like, said it. <laughs> and then he was, he was shot. This is why they called him the Mad Trapper. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. But the, here, here's the twist, and here's why he's relevant to this story. So he was 40 miles or so away from, from the area where the decapitations happened. In his possession, after they killed him, they found gold teeth extracted from the mouths of prospectors. Oh, my God. What? Oh, wow. Okay. So the, the theory is that he was, he was the one killing and decapitating and extracting the gold for the gold fillings. I mean, oh, Wow. Right, because it would be a lot easier to take teeth out of a decapitated head than to drag an entire body back with you. Yeah. You get to bring several. Oh, my God. So how, hold on, how long, like what time frame were all the decapitations recorded? 
um, it seems like most of them were from 1905 till like the like 30s or 40s or whatever. Um, I mean, lots of people still disappeared, but people disappear in the wilderness all the time. Right. You know. But that's the period of time where most of the... Yeah, it's one theory. There's, it doesn't necessarily solve the whole thing, but it's a, it's a really interesting story. Yeah. Oh, wow. And his name again? The Mad Trapper. The Ma- yeah, but his actual name. Uh, his name was... Albert Johnson. Albert Mad, Johnson. The Mad Trapper. The Mad Rat Trapper. That's fucking amazing. So, and he died, did he? Like, he, he got was killed in a, Yeah, after that massive... Wow. This is like, you know when people watch police chases live on, <clears throat> on, on the news? But this is trekking through snow this was a, in this, the north. It's <laughs> just a 240-kilometer foot chase. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's currently traveling six miles an hour <laughs> up the hillside. And has been for the last month. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so ha- th- th- that's our Halloween episode. Oh, that was great. Did you like it? I did. Yeah, that was crazy. Like, I feel like uh, sometimes you jam pack so much interesting shit into one single episode that I feel like we could, like, take apart, take it apart and do it over several episodes. Like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I feel like there's a lot to unpack there. Like, there's, there's several stories, right? Yeah, and I'm but like, I, just as I was getting interested in one story, we're on to another one. Nah. Was a, <laughs> now you're good? Okay, fine. I'm, I'm this, really... is a, this is a comedy show. We're not going to forensically dissect these incidents in a way that we go, so what is your hypothesis, Jesse? What do you think happened? It's just some fun, cool shit that we done. Fun, cool shit. All right. Yeah, stuff, yeah. stuff that may have happened. <laughs> AKA history. <laughs> history, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was great. That was great. So, um, yeah, thank you for. I actually got kind of. It was nice. A little chilly. A little yeah. spooky. So, cool. um, I, I think, I mean, you know, this is all like it's a dangerous wilderness. You're really remote, far away from anywhere. It's easy to get lost. Um, it looks like a beautiful place. And if any if any listeners have been there, um, it looks. It's, it's not an easy place to visit because it is so remote. And it's highly protected because it's sacred, but there's also amazing wildlife there, amazing geographical features. But if you've been lucky enough to be, let us know. Yeah. No, we want to hear it more about fantastic. this. It sounds fantastic. I personally... The Valley of the Headless... What is it? Dolls? No, that's not it. The Valley Val- of the Headless Men. The Valley of the Headless Men. The yeah. Valley of the Head... Can or, we say it together in a deep voice? People, the, the people over there. The people over there. The people over there. Oh, Jesus. All right. That's... That was actually Satan, not Jesus. Right. Yeah, that. sorry. <laughs> Can you imagine if Jesus... Jesus would have been like... The people over there. Imagine if a very, he'd sound like a he'd sound like a social worker when he talked. Jesus is from Oxfordshire, is he? Yeah. He's a social worker from Oxford. <laughs> Rides a bike to work, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I hope none of you get decapitated. That's that's a very nice sentiment, Reese. Thank but you. But if you for... do have gold fill-ins, there is a risk. So what uh, what is our what is our uh, call to action for our listeners tonight? Um, don't get decapitated. I mean, I think that's kind of like a daily thing, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just especially so. Um, oh, I got one for you. Okay, so, um, trick or treat. Go out, go out by yourself. Someone's got to do this. Wait until, if you got kids, wait until they come back. Or, like, do it. The whole idea here is to go out by yourself, not dressed up as anything, and knock on a door just with a paper bag in your hands and ask for candy, especially if you're a grown-ass man. That's your call to action today. What if you're a woman? Not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> cool, okay. <laughs> 
Jesse's patriarchal yeah. Halloween <laughs> celebrations. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, uh, or go uh, go out dress. Can somebody please go door to door with their kids dressed? Um, if we go as as Aaron O'Toole. <laughs> Is that's that your Aaron O'Toole mask? <laughs> that's your costume. There should be. Just Aaron O'Toole. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be cool. amazing. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Happy Halloween. Uh, yeah. Ew. No. No. section was out. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, dear listener, do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about Canadian politics and history? Boy, do we have a special fucking treat for you. We've got our first ever official live show at a bar. It's at Two Crows Brewing on uh, Brunswick Street in Halifax on Sunday, May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it no matter how much it is. If you want to hold our hair while we barf in the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there.